It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, it's the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, here with my beautiful singing voice friend, Elisa Woods. Sing for us. What did I just sing? Papa, Papa can, can you hear me? We were just discussing some Barbra Streisand. It's no big deal. <laughs> Rosa was singing. My daughter, four-year-old daughter, was singing today, and she did the little thing, the, like, vibrato. Yes. And I was like, what? Who are you? So Corey does that, but she sings. Okay, she sounds. Uh, I hope there's no old church ladies listening to us. Elderly, oh, no. yeah. You know the fine, the very oh, yeah. well-dressed women who sit yes. in the pews at Catholic Church who have the vibrato. Yes, that's how Corey sings. I love that. No, you don't. You don't have to live with it. It's the sweetest thing, but it's like no, like take it down an octave. Like <laughs> you're way too high. Can you record that? Yes, I will. It? You know what Rosa does is she matches pitch with the motorcycle. <laughs> that drive by I'm like Rosa one's enough you record that I'll record Corey and we'll trade this is episode 48 we're coming close on 50 wow Jared are you gonna throw us a party when we get to 50 at least bring (laughs) snacks Jared's here too guys jeez Louise Chris if you can hear us can you bring us snacks? Because Jared's a continual disappointment. Chris is the only person that's ever brought us snacks besides us. Well, sometimes you just got to fend for yourself. Wait, that's not true. We got chocolate. 48? Okay, never mind. Wow. He said he's going to be gone in a couple weeks. News to us. <laughs> I knew, to be fair. News to me. <laughs> Okay, I'm pretty sure you knew. You probably just didn't put the pieces together. We're interviewing. Was probably in, yeah, we're interviewing people to sit yeah. in for Jared's spot. <laughs> we should raise money. People should, we should auction it off. That's a good idea. Can you press buttons? You're hired. <laughs> That's ah. really all you know. Oh, look at Jared. He just gave me that. Well, you're, find someone else to yeah. do it then. Yeah. No, you're about to get. Exactly what I do. <laughs> He's like, you're about to get edited out of this entire episode. <laughs> 
Uh, well, episode 48, like all of our episodes, are sponsored by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. And did you see, over the weekend, a former Ivy College graduate, so an Ivy College alum, Chris Baker, played in the U.S. Open. Sweet. He finished in a tie for 26th place. Not bad. Not bad at all. Did he tie Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> after he was in, he was in like 57th, and then he, and then he was in whoop, first. Whoop. And then I was like, dang, bro. It's like Rosa's uh, motorcycle yeah. impression when <laughs> I rough take rough day at the office. Yeah, rough for him. Uh, the whole podcast network is also sponsored by our friends at Mississippi River Distilling Company. We mentioned it last time, but um, they're doing a Sanguinatic kickoff party at the end of August. Got to get tickets, and I don't know if there's very many left. So if you haven't done it, do it now. No. So you um, can get your Cody Road. Drove past the exit on our way to Chicago. Did you wave? I waved. Good for you. Arnold's like, what? Who, what? Hey, Ryan. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? Never mind. Mm. Well, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners understood too. Yeah. Does that mean Arnold isn't listening? Um, hmm. <laughs> He's got a long list of podcasts that he needs to listen 48 to. 48 episodes of ours? <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, he listens to other podcasts. Fair. About movies. He probably gets to listen to you enough during it's the day. It's true. That's what he'd say anyway. It's true. Also, all my ideas just come from him. So, <laughs> so it's basically yeah. me and Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Arnold. We yeah. appreciate you. Truly, he's the he's the brains of this operation. Thanks, Arnold. <laughs> we also need to give a shout out to our super patron of the week. It's Aaron and Melissa Seneff. They uh, Aaron went to, came to Iowa State as a Hawk fan, as many do in the early '90s. And the Cyclones went 0-10-1 that season, which happened to be Jim Walden's last season. Wonder why. But over in Hilton that year, Johnny Orr and Fred Hoiberg gave the Big Big 8 at the time. I was going to say Big 12. Big 8 <laughs> some trouble. And that's when Aaron soon became a loyal Cyclone. Uh, he and his wife, Melissa, now have five kids and raised them in Iowa. They then er, moved to Colorado. But uh, two of their kids are now, one's an Iowa State graduate and one's attending in the fall. So they're keeping the tradition alive. So thanks, it. Aaron and Melissa. We appreciate you. How's Colorado right now? Beautiful, I, I bet. Yeah. Oh, God, I want to go there. It, to be fair, it was pretty beautiful here today. Yeah. Can we come and visit you guys? Yeah, I didn't see that in his bio, but okay. he, it was probably in the fine print. All right. Thanks, Aaron and Melissa. We'll be out there a uh, mm, couple months. Yeah. All right. See September? you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get after it. What do you want to start with? We have such a long. It's a long list. It's a long list. I sent sent bulleted a bulleted text <laughs> message. Yeah. Can we just start with the Supreme Court ruling? Get the nerdy Let's stuff out do of the it. way. Okay. Since obviously, you actually know what's going on. Please tell us. Okay. We might be the only place in town <laughs> who is going to have it perfectly explained. Perfectly. I mean, everybody's heard about this. If you've been on social media or turned on sports radio at all today, you know. But, you know, this it was an antitrust case that went up a few, a couple of months ago. And basically... It's tricky because it's a very, very limited ruling, but I think it's going to have longer and wide-ranging implications as we go down the road if things don't change in the name, image, likeness stuff in 10 or so days. So basically what was going on is some student-athletes brought an antitrust lawsuit, said, hey, NCAA, it's not cool that you're restricting how we get compensated. And they were saying you're depressing, you know, the compensation below what a competitive market would, which I think everybody can agree that that's true. So they go to court and instead of having it in front of a jury, it gets brought in front of a judge. So it's a bench trial. And the judge says, I'm going to leave alone almost everything the NCAA does, but I am going to limit 
um, the NCAA's rules when it comes to education-related benefits, so things like laptops or um, the, you know, like scholarships and to travel abroad or paid internships, those types of things. So that is the limited issue that was decided in this case. And I think that's important because I think people are conflating this and the larger name, image, and likeness issue. So that gets appealed, eventually gets appealed to the Court of Appeals by the NCAA. The students did not cross appeal. So that's also important because the NCAA's choice to appeal this is really, I think, what is going to ultimately be its demise. Uh-huh. Um, so the NCAA, according to the Supreme Court's ruling today, can no longer bar colleges from providing athletes with educated related, education-related benefits, like I said, and that was a unanimous ruling. But the big kicker came in the concurrence opinion from Justice Kavanaugh. If you haven't read it yet, doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, you're going to understand it. It is fire. It is worth the read. And But what he basically said is the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America, price-fixing labor is price-fixing labor, period. I mean, he was very, very blunt about it. And I think the biggest takeaway from this is, and probably something that people who don't work in the legal industry might not understand, is that when a justice does this or a judge does this where they write a special concurring opinion, meaning they agree with everything the court said, but they want to add more to it, it's uh, it's flagging something. It's saying, hey, lawyers, pay attention. I'm giving you a blueprint to uh, make a future lawsuit. And I think that's what he was doing. I think he was saying, students, bring a different issue and if you argue it exactly as if i've laid as i've laid Mm -hmm. it out for you here you're gonna have a good shot at it so it's basically what are those things that you the flares you know like he's basically lighting a flare that says pay attention i'm giving you the blueprint to success in a future lawsuit so i think that is the the main takeaway from this yeah and that's why i think it's important that if you care about this issue at all it's worth the read i just think that the the ncaa has just dug their heels in a little bit too hard and now like they've missed the opportunity to sort of meet somewhere in the middle oh yeah they've missed the opportunity to meet somewhere in the middle that's closer to them than it is the athletes and I think that anybody who's going to argue this I have yet to find someone who would benefit from this who has said that they don't want it you know what I (laughs) mean right like everyone who doesn't think it's a good idea Probably like everyone that I've heard say that they don't think it's a good idea. It has nothing to benefit from it or hurt from it. Well, I think they people, have nothing to do with it. You know, just listen. I mean, I know you listen to the radio during the day too. Yeah. And the people who are strongly against it, I think are just afraid of the change of what they're used right. to. And I understand that we all love college athletics the way they are, except right. I think we're all, because we do that, we're all willing to turn a blind eye to the fact yeah. that a lot of this is unfair. A lot of it's shady. A lot yeah. of bad things are happening, but it's, I mean, I think today I, I already think we're moving in the right direction very fast. And I think today was just another, let's yeah. push the snowball down the hill. Yeah. And I think there's also a lot of people who feel like, well, I didn't get it. So they shouldn't get it. Okay. Which is like such a messed up way of thinking of things. Anytime someone says this, I think about when I was um, pregnant and I had a lawyer say, well, back when I was pregnant, I went back to work the next day. And I was like, that's awful. Right. Why would you ever wish that upon someone? Why wouldn't you want to make it better for the next generation? Right. I just, I'll never forget that moment. And I think about that all the time in all of these scenarios. Yeah. If you, if you think that way, 
you're kind of a sad person, I think. Yeah, it's That's incredibly sad. selfish. Like, why wouldn't you want things to be... Why, you remember how bad that was. Right. Why would you wish that upon anyone? Why would you want a corporation to have more... A non-profit... Uh, yeah, right? Right. A non-profit organization to become more wealthy. Why would you want very wealthy... Why would middle to lower class people want very wealthy people to become more wealthy just because you're not going to benefit from sharing the wealth with tremendous athletes. I feel like we just uncovered a serious societal <laughs> problem. Listen, <laughs> listen, if you don't have a lot of money, why do you want people who have a lot of money to hoard it? I just don't in this, if with regards to the NCAA specifically, I don't, I just think people don't see it that way. I think yeah. they see it as their precious collegiate sports right. model getting damaged. Oh, and, right. I, and the problem is I think there's a way to do this. So it works out. It's just, let's do it. Okay. Right. We've talked about it enough. The court says the court basically said like, sorry, NCAA yeah. you're screwed. So just do it. And Get as done. A, as a fan, you would not want to sit in a in a stadium that was built in the 60s, would you? You mean like why wouldn't we want to keep progressing? Yeah. yeah. You want to progress in every way except for benefiting the athletes. Yeah. Come on now. I will say it's like my dream scenario to be able to tell someone to F off in a very scholarly way. And Justice, <laughs> Justice Kavanaugh did that with in just incredible skill so seriously if you haven't read it go do it i love it it's worth it okay can we talk about the pork scandal yes i have i have <laughs> i have possibly some very controversial thoughts on okay this. that's fine so what we're referring to is shelby Houlihan, who's a sioux city native we've mm -hmm. talked about her on the podcast before she's you know broken records uh she's a she's a runner so we found out last week that she tested positive for steroid back in December. And as a result of that, she has received a four-year ban from competition, which means obviously she's not going to be competing, you know, to run in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. She claims it was from eating a pork burrito from a food truck within hours of her test, her doping test. Okay, I'm going to start in her defense. Okay. There are a couple of studies that support her position. Okay. And she claims that she went out and got a toxicologist and that, that the toxicologist report also supports her position. Um, the World Anti-Doping Association said they agreed with her that the test didn't show like a buildup in her system, which suggests that she wasn't doing this over the course of a long term. Yeah. So that's, you know, also in her favor. <sighs> but a pork burrito <laughs> <laughs> okay. and it was like not it, you're being nice by saying pork burrito wasn't it like intestine see i've read conflicting things okay. about this and this is another thing because it, so i've read various stories about okay. was it a pork truck or were you like or sorry a food truck or yeah. were, was this like a training you know like was this like part of your diet i because thought to me, she those said that it was like a things. mexican food truck near her home where she trained okay. in oregon all right so here's Here's a thought I had. Why the hell are you eating out of a food truck 10 hours before your anti-doping test? Did to she me, know she was going to have the test? Oh, uh, that's a good that's a good point. Cuz I think they're pretty surprised. That's a fair point. I hadn't thought about it that I way. I think they just show up and hand them the cup. It, it should be that way. Yeah. It should be that way. Okay. All right. So, so that and that's just from what, what I understand. I follow like a weightlifter, Maddie Rogers on Instagram and she's like all about okay like, well this is how it is. i'm gonna give that that point okay. to shelby then so shelby gets that point okay but here 
here's I have a few problems with I want to believe her yes. I'm gonna put that out there okay. first I want to believe her but so I don't I'm not a scientist I'm not a toxicologist yeah. but you're telling me that they're testing for the levels like pork burrito levels <laughs> to me that's it's so levels. low like yeah that's wild to me and then on top of that if you're testing for something that's so low and then you impose a four-year ban like yeah. that's a very very se- severe ban for a very small amount if it's yes. truly just pork burrito levels yes. and then she appealed it and the appeal got denied so you're telling me throughout this appeals process no one was like it was just a pork burrito right like the, those are my that's just my logic i don't know anything about yeah. the toxicology i'm just putting that out there yeah but those are my logical like there's a problem with that position yeah. but i also think that if they would turn over this ruling that every person who tested dirty from now on would have eaten a pork burrito oh at yeah a mexican restaurant absolutely absolutely and so it's like it's it's almost like yeah she may have a case here but i don't think like we can't they have to be careful admit it right yeah and they don't care about her which is too bad yeah what are your controversial so takes? here's my controversial take if this was a man would we give him the benefit of the doubt and want to believe this pork burrito story I probably wouldn't. Right? (laughs) Right? No, I'm... So, like, this is... Why? Why did I just do that? I know. So, this is shortly after... um, Like, I was was listening to the radio, and they're talking about this. I feel really crappy about this. No, and it's right after, like, Bob Baffert. And, I mean, he was was known to be dirty. You know, like, multiple tests or whatever. Multiple infractions. But were so cynical about him and clearly he did it and his, he admitted it right yeah but like when he said that oh maybe it was a guy who drank who drank cough syrup and then peed in the horse's hay <laughs> we like, were all like okay we were, yeah we're like come on that's ridiculous but we're like but a pork burrito who can resist you know but i think that and also like because we're iowans and we love i know pork. <laughs> but like also like when lance armstrong we were all Steph just tried Spilled to take, water all over my Steph face. just tried to drink a, take a drink of more water and it was just like a water hose <sighs> Sorry, I'm um, very upset by this no, controversial I know. take. So, like, when Lance Armstrong tested dirty, like, he had all of these excuses, blah, 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 whatever, and no one no one believed it. Like, there You're were right. very few people on his side. And I just think back through history, and is it... And the other question is, is why do we trust women in this situation? Is it because we think that they're too dumb to cheat? No, that's not why. That was a thought. At least I don't, you know, I don't consciously think that. I, I, I know. Oh. I know. It's just, and I don't know the answers to this. It was just something that I was thinking about because I was like listening to sports talk radio. And I mean, she's here in town and that's the reason they're even talking about yeah. this. And the national news is not even really, doesn't really care that much. It was probably a funny tweet or something. Um, but I think the track community cares. I mean, it's, it's a smaller community. Yeah. I think they were pretty like Nike was pretty loud about it. Cause yeah. she's a Nike runner, but yeah. yeah, but locally it's a big deal. Yeah. Right? And so locally it's this big deal and she's, done interviews with local people here and she's such a nice person and we just don't like want to believe that whatever but like Lance Armstrong left his wife who had cancer for Cheryl Crow and we want to hate him you know what I mean so it's like it's apples and oranges I 
I feel like, but I just had to bring up that. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And I, I don't, I want to believe her, but I don't. I know. I wish that there was, I wish there was another like case study of a local male. Like, to compare it to? Yeah, to compare it to. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You may have just unveiled a implicit bias. Though. I know. Thanks I know. Thanks for making me feel really bad. Yeah. Well, maybe that is something that women have that men don't. The benefit of the doubt when it comes to cheating. Yeah, one of uh, the few benefits in that <laughs> respect. So. However, the um, the testing union, whatever, did not give her the benefit of the no, doubt. It's just in the media's eyes. It's a bummer. She's 28. Yeah. So this is could be the end of her career well, and it's just, and what it's a terrible years, way and it's four years and there's only three years until the next olympics so she oh you're she right can't do the next olympics either that that's too bad that's she, a that's a rough way to end. go yeah um i wanted to make a joke but i feel like it's inappropriate oh i'm just gonna say it instead of saying like someone wrote it up can we say they ate a pork burrito can that be like the team catcher? sure okay. In happier track news, uh, earlier Jenny Simpson Jenny Simpson ran in the 1500 final uh, to try to make her fourth Olympics. She didn't make it. She finished 10th in the, the finals. But, I watched uh, her do that. Did you? Yeah. I did too before I left. But Carissa Schweizer, ran, she got second in the finals, so she will be going to the Olympics. That just happened before we started recording. Yeah. So, so those, are, those are islands. I don't know if I said that. The three women who finished first, second, and third in that, were they did they all train together? Were they all from the same college? They were all like wearing... The five thousand oh the you mean the, the 1500 so they're in a club it's so the way i understand it is nike sponsors various running clubs okay and i think um because they were in the same unif- uniform uniform yes. whatever it's called yeah. yeah i think they train together okay so i think they a lot of these at these runners are sponsored by nike but they kind of have pods that they train with gotcha. probably depending on their strengths and things like yeah. that so yeah i was just wondering because yeah they were all three very excited yeah the three of them had made it yeah have you been watching a lot of it? Not a ton of it. I've it's been so kind of fun. watching. Yeah, I've been catching highlights, but it's not as exciting because like the YouTube highlight tells you who's going to win. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am excited for the Olympics though. Yeah. I have a couple other people in the Olympics that I am keeping an eye on. Okay, so. do you I have a question. Yeah. Can we do that after the break because I want to um I just want I have a <laughs> a very funny like transition i want to do after this sure steph you just go ahead i'm going to and Can, send us I just, to break i just want to say one thing before we go to break great did you how do you feel about lebron generally do you like lebron um here's the thing i liked him at the, i liked him when he went to the heat and i don't know why i just felt like he deserved to go where he wanted um, at that point in his life and like people were like burning his jersey mm-hmm. yeah. and like calling for his like family to be dead and stuff like you're psycho. super mature things yeah. yeah and so so I I sided with him just because everyone was psycho but I feel like in his older age he complains <laughs> more than anyone I know and also he just like he doesn't think before he speaks. okay that's what I want to talk about oftentimes and I don't, I hate to say this, but like, does it come from not going to college and not getting that education? Like that's where I learned public speaking is in college, but I just don't know if he just like never quite got that public speaking, like no one ever gave him any tips or something to just like 
keep your mouth shut for a second and say, I'm not educated on that. Let me get back to you. So I, I don't, I don't really, I mean, you know, I'm not a huge yeah. NBA person like you and Jared are, but he had tweeted last week about all of these players being injured oh, and how yeah. they didn't have the, the off season that they normally do. And that may be true. And maybe yeah. there's some truth to it, but my, I just wanted to talk about it for the purposes of our podcast, because all of these WNBA players and all of these WNBA writers were like, bro, that's what women right. professional basketball players do every season. Right. Like you have to be one of the best to not go play overseas. So you make enough money or, you know, it, oh, yeah. it just made me laugh. Like, yeah, you're I, okay, LeBron. Yeah. Like, and I, you're okay. I agree with his point that I like the teams that went far in the bubble are not in it anymore. Yeah. Go ahead. Jared raises his hand. Who doesn't have a headset on, <laughs> but go ahead. Talk. I do think that. One thing that could be used as a rebuttal to that is that WNBA plays half as many games. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But that's because, I mean, that's also, they saw that as a result of that, they have to go play overseas, like for a living wage. I mean, for LeBron, he played like 100 games. You're right. I'm not, and there's probably truth to what he's saying. Like, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not saying what he's saying is wrong. It just was funny to see the clapbacks. Be like, this is what we do every year. And there's a couple of things like, First of all, like the NBA came back and was like, there's the same amount of injuries as there were last year. And also oh, really? like, I, and I don't know if that's true well, or not. I think it's and just it the names, you know, like it's the big names yeah, that's what it who is. are hurt. And, and also, but it's like, okay, these big names are hurt, but they didn't play any fewer games than like the, like the other four players on their team and the other four players, I think that it's, it's a mix of, they had a very short off season. I don't think that they should have started playing as soon as they did. I agree with that, but I also think that there is a little bit of coincidence in this year. And I think had he not been hurt. Oh yeah. The other thing is if you have an issue with you guys starting again, go talk to Chris Paul. And the players association, like you need to talk to your player rep and in Chris Paul, because he wanted to get paid and they all decided, right. It it wasn't the, the players weren't saying, no, no, we we're not going to play. We're not going to play. And then the NBA was like, you're going to play. It was like, do you guys want to get paid? And the players were like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, sounds good. I think we do. And then, I mean, he was all for it until he got hurt. Right. And so he was, he He says he was big and loud about not wanting to start the season that soon, but I guess I didn't hear him say that until he got hurt. It's like Kim Mulkey with the... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everything's like Kim Mulkey. uh, But These masks. Yeah. These masks are dumb, but it's dangerous. Right. These masks are dumb. (laughs) I I agree with him that I do not think that they should have started playing this early again, and I do think that a lot of the injuries are due to the fact that they had a short offseason. I'm sure. However they all decided that they were going to play again. It was a collective decision. It was not like you guys don't have a, you guys don't have a say in the situation. Like everyone collectively decided that you were going to play and you probably knew that this would happen and you were gambling that it would not happen to you, but you have Anthony Davis on your team. He's made out of glass. (laughs) So So I don't know what to tell you. That was all. 
Yeah. Now we can go to break. Okay. We told you guys on our last pod about Farm Story Meats, and we're going to tell you about them again. They're based in Ames, but they sell everything online. And we, Elisa made really good points about sometimes it's really good to know where your food is coming from. And uh, this is one of those occasions. They offer free deliveries to Central Iowa, and they can also ship anywhere in the United States. And most importantly, they're a local business. And Ray, who uh, runs the business, Ray Schmidt, is an Iowa State grad and a former SI. So we always like supporting businesses that um, you know are small and local like we are so check them out listeners can receive 10% off your order by using the discount code summer 10 at checkout and that offer is good through July 31st and check it out at farmstorymeats.com were you going to say something yeah I just want to say that I saw they posted the other day that they're at the Ames Main Street Farmers Market too oh and they have free meat stick samples Elisa will be there heck yeah meat sticks <laughs> we're also brought to you by authentic brand authentic brand is more than just your source for official cycling gear with an amazing team of designers authentic brand can custom manufacture polo shirts jackets caps bag and beyond for your team or small business check them out online at authentic-brand.com look authentic feel authentic be, be authentic. authentic jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So to uh, kind of wrap around some of the stuff we talked about on our last pod, Naomi Osaka, she's mm-hmm. out of Wimbledon. Did you see that? Mm-mm. She said she wants to spend some more time with her friends and families, but she uh, plans to be at the Olympics. So good for her. Yeah. I hope she does it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Speaking of the Olympics, <clears throat> I have so many good transitions. I'm so glad we waited for that transition. <laughs> no, that, there's a reason. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's, there's like five of them that I want to do. <laughs> okay. Um, the U.S. women's basketball team was named today. Did you see the lineup? Oh, yeah, I did. Sue Bird, Diana Trossi, Brittany Griner, Brianna Stewart, they're in pursuit of their seventh consecutive gold medal, which started in 1996 with a uh, member of the team is Don Staley, who's now the coach of this national team. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool full circle moment. That. So Sue Bird and Diana Trossi, this is their fifth Olympic team, which – it's just incredible to me. Mm-hmm. And Sue Bird broke the record for the oldest Olympic player at age 40. Nice. Yeah. 
she does not seem that old in my mind for no. some reason. No. And I did see that Sue and Diana both have four golds, and they could be the winningest basketball players on the U.S. team with either a silver or a gold medal. Teresa Edwards has four golds and mm. a bronze. Oh, So yep. as long as they finish before bronze, they will, I would say, be the winningest, male or female. That's impressive. Carmelo Anthony is the only men's basketball player that's close. He has three golds and a bronze. And Kevin Durant could catch up if he's willing to play when he's 40. So he has two golds. And he's 32. Okay. So he could, if he could win one at 32, 36, and 40, then he could catch up to them. But that's... That's a lot of if. Yeah. Is, I mean, I was trying to, I was thinking about this. Is there any way they don't win a gold medal, the women? I mean, arguably there should not be. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if there are any amazing... Like, I know there's a lot of good European players, but those you, I mean, in the same country, you know what I'm saying? Is Sabrina hurt? No, I don't know how they do the U.S. women's team. That's a good question. That's Why a good is question. Why she not playing? Is she from Canada? Is she from oh. Canada? Oh, Canada. Oh, yeah, I forget. Maybe Those damn Canada, Canadians. Maybe Canada. Maybe Canada could win. Uh, no, she's from California. Okay, that's what I... <laughs> but her family's like from Russia or something. Oh, well... And you, mean, it's like a remove. You don't have to be. So it can be I your parents. Know, but right? if that's interesting, I, I meant to look at that today and I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I let you down. I have I, something in my eye. It, okay, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. Is it you can be removed if your parents were from there if it's the home country? Because I feel like there was something when it was in Athens with a Greek softball player. I don't know the rules. She's on the three on three team. Oh, she's on the three on three. Who else is on the three on three team? Uh, when they played in the 2018 World Cup, it was her and three other girls. They don't have three-on-three three in the Olympics, do they? This is the first year. Really? Oh. Well, the more you know. Interessante. Interessante. Hmm. Is that you, full court? No. Interesting. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I'll tune into that. Feels like six on six yeah. days. Maybe in two weeks we will talk about this because I would like to dig a little bit deeper into this and see okay. who's on the three on three teams. Are they doing three on three men's? Who's on that team? Uh, the only one I know for sure is Robbie Hummel. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, this will be a topic for two weeks. Listen, the five on five men's team, and I don't know if they haven't narrowed it down, but there's literally like 40 dudes on the U.S. men's team. Do they take the whole crew? <laughs> well, they've only got eight guys committed right now. On their website. Well, that's just like the pool. Okay. Pool. Maybe they'll name theirs soon because the women. Yeah. There are a lot of dudes on that team, but I will investigate. I know. I'm excited. And also with the men's team, what I'm excited for is Greg Popovich coaching. I I would guess this would be his only year coaching because Coach K stepped down. Coach K, 74. Yeah. Does that surprise you? Mm, I mean, he looks better than 74. Yeah. He looks... Greg Popovich is 72. Yeah. I would guess maybe they would go with a... I wouldn't be surprised if they went with maybe like Steve Kerr or a younger... You mean next Olympics? Yeah, Yeah. next Olympics. Somebody a little bit younger to get a little more... A little more mileage out of them. Yeah. You know who I'd like to see, but I'm not going to put it out there. Okay. I do know. Um, Will you tell me what else about the Olympics you were excited about? Yeah, I will. (coughs) Sorry. 
little hairball. <laughs> ASMR. Um, <laughs> so Simone Manuel in swimming. Excited to see her. She made. I watched her make it the other day. Um, Allison Felix, thirty-five years old, yes. in her fifth Olympics. Yes. Did you see the video from last night? Mm-mm. So she made it, and uh, her team. You know, and it, it's one of her teammates makes it, and they have toddlers. They have yes. little children. I've seen the pictures. So they they come out with their toddlers, and then they introduce the toddlers, and the toddlers Aww. hug. And I, it was this mind-blowing moment to me. First of all, because kids are the cutest. Yeah. And they don't care they'll just yeah. hug anybody but also these women have toddlers right they're running really no, fast yeah and i've i think that she <laughs> ran a race Olympics. right i've seen i think i saw her run a race like a important race while she was pregnant but yeah she's I, incredible I, yes that's mind-blowing to incredible me. and i love her um katie ledecky yes. in swimming yep. just a like a, a name everybody knows like a, she's almost like simone biles yes. status of swimming yes and then there's a 15 year old who made it katie grimes and Katie Ledecky said that she's the future. So I would, I'm interested to see how she mm-hmm. does. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Who else? Oh, sand volleyball. So Carrie Walsh yeah. Jennings didn't make it this year, but her former teammate, um, April Ross and Alex Kleinman, they did make it. And I, th- I think that they, they were the first to qualify. So I think that they're probably the favorite as it pertains to us, um, sand volleyball mm-hmm. team. That's doubles. the end of an era too. Yeah. Yeah. it will be fun to watch. I know, but I'm just, I'm sad that Carrie Walsh Jennings isn't there. I wonder if they would bring her as, like a commentator yeah i would love to listen i would to that. love that that's a great idea i mean if you're listening please do that <laughs> i'm sure she is right pretty please somebody um at the olympics just bring carrie walsh jennings um because we want to hear what she has to mm-hmm. say so there's no one better yeah so those are kind of the big names besides like the simone biles it's coming and, up quick too yeah it is i'm very, very excited too okay are you ready for the next amazing transition yes so i told you sue bird broke the record for being the oldest olympic player so speaking of record-breaking women last week carly lloyd became the oldest goal scorer in u.s soccer history at 38 years and 332 days love it that broke the ref- record that christine lilly had in 38 these, years yeah so i still have time you still have time there's hope she looks fantastic for 38 by the way as do i well you're not 38 36 you look fantastic for 36 thank you somebody thought i was 28 guys i would have guessed 35 at the oldest i went out to dinner the other night and i got carded and i didn't have my card because it was in my son's diaper bag did they give you alcohol yep okay good they should i won't tell you where it was it's fine they were like you seemed very um pleased that that we had asked you that's that's the (laughs) that's how they know that's your tell yeah i was probably blushing (laughs) like oh you (laughs) all right more record-breaking women record breakers the WNBA continues to break viewing records on ABC. Uh, they are up 28% from the 2020 viewership on that network. That's wild. It's easy money. Easy money. The Women's College World Series and the Championship Series Game 2 was the most viewed game on record at over 2 million viewers, which is up 14% from last year. And we touched on this a little bit on our last pod, but I was pretty pissed that the the, the Game 3 of a three-game series was played at 3 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon okay and this came on the heels of them having a record-breaking viewership for the entire series it was the most viewed games 1 through 14 on record okay so Sarah Spain from ESPN did her little spiel on outside the lines I think I forget what her little take is called but basically she said look 
you know, the College World Series and Women's College World Series draw about the same number of viewers on TV. Women's college softball is the fastest growing sport in revenue and TV ratings, but yet you played it on a condensed schedule, which I think we talked about last time. It's mm-hmm. half as many days as the men to save money. You don't give them instant replay. There's no showers on the site. There's no dinners provided for them. These fancy dinners that the men get. And the worst part about it is that the stadium in which the college, the women's college world, world series is held has half the capacity as the men's. So you're essentially capping these sellout crowds and they extended this deal through 2035 that's what the hell are you doing i mean what are they doing keeping the women down well that's that was her that was sarah spain's point because she said you know what they're gonna say well you didn't bring in enough money right you literally hamstrung us from doing so we talked about this last time with the sponsorships and now you're doing it with ticket sales right so speaking of the NCAA sucking, <laughs> you like these? These are good, Whoa. right? So uh, since our last pod, the NCAA has said they'd consider using the March Madness branding for women's basketball tournament. Okay, so this is hilarious to me. Remember when the women's basketball uh, tournament was a disaster in terms of equity and the um, facilities that the women were given? How could you forget? Oh, I remember. So the NCAA hires a law firm to do this equity check. And I remember mm-hmm. you and I were like, why the hell do you need a law firm to do this? We can handle it for right. you. You don't need to hire someone to do it. Right. They called it an equity review. <laughs> so the NCAA. I'm sure someone who talks like <sighs> that did. I believe that. <laughs> so they identified, the NCAA issues this press release. It says they've identified the, the areas that need work on their yeah. equity. And there's two. <laughs> it's branding. <laughs> it's branding. And participation opportunities. So in branding, they realize that they need a... Participation in showering? Yeah, basically. Branding, they realize they need a holistic strategy. Shocker. Crazy. Wild. We couldn't have told you that. And for participation opportunities, (laughs) that also includes looking at the timing of the tournament. You and I complained a lot about how they overlapped. Yeah. at the time, we our frustration was, well, if there's a men's game on, a women's game on, your average Joe viewer is probably going to choose the men's game, even though this tournament, the women's games were way more, way more exciting. Yeah. But they talked about kind of spreading those out. So, I mean, kudos to the NCAA for trying. But, yeah. God, you didn't need to hire some outside firm to no. do that. You try and you just don't do a very good job is the problem, NCAA. You're lucky that you have a good product. That's true. You were so lucky as an organization that you have a good product and that people, men and women, boys and girls, live their entire lives to play on your stage. You are so damn lucky. And I want the opportunity to get rid of it. I'm just going to say it. Like, I want I want players to be able to go to the G League if they want to. I think we're on the cusp of all of this changing. I mean, football will never because, oh, 18 to right. 22 is when... It's true. It's when... Development of yeah. the brain. Is development of the brain, development of their body. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just want... I, I, it's a monopoly. It is. Well, I think the Supreme Court would agree with you to a certain extent, <laughs> especially Justice Kavanaugh. You yeah. and Justice Kavanaugh agree on something. Who knew? I'm not going to sleep well knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's one of those things where it's like, okay, NCAA, like, thanks for trying. Thanks for trying to get something right. I'm not going to criticize you for trying, but actually follow through. And my final transition, speaking of finally trying to do things right, <laughs> 
Victoria's Secret said goodbye to its angel models, and they are instead saying hello to new spokeswomen, which is a group of diverse athletes, um, activists, and actors. They're calling it the Victoria's Secret Collective, name, a name we all recognize on the pod as Megan Rapino. Heck yeah. Um, Steph, you'll always be my Victoria's Secret angel. You'll always be mine. And you'll always be my baby. And we'll linger on. I have an actual question about this, Victoria's Secret. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's too little, too late? I don't. I don't either. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I have I have actually, I, I wrote down a lot of thoughts about this, um, and I don't know if any of them make any sense. Okay, to be clear, I never had a problem with, like, the Victoria's Secret yeah. angels. Like, I understand why people were like, oh, you're projecting an unrealistic body image and right. those things are all fair I never I just never really cared but I will say the one thing that always bothered me was um why that was okay like you know basically showing naked women in a mall window when yeah. like we couldn't breastfeed in public oh, you know like yeah. things like that yeah so I guess in any step away from like normalizing that while not normalizing other things to me is a good move yes. and so to me moving in the direction of away from like you know the the super super feminine stuff and being like you can be feminine also athletic you can be feminine also be an activist like to me that's a good thing so I have a couple of thoughts my first train of thought is is um a a corporation that changed with the times and a corporation that didn't change with the times and this has to do this doesn't have to do with like like scantily clad women or women's rights or anything like that but think about blockbuster Mm. They did not change with the times. Right. They held firm. They went to, I don't know if they even went to DVDs. But then you think of Netflix, who, if you don't know this, when Netflix started, mm-hmm. they um, mailed you DVDs. And you got your DVDs in the mail, you would watch them, and then you would send, send them, them back, back, and they would send you more. And it was a subscription service. And then... <clears throat> Pretty quickly in the timeline of Netflix's um, tenure, they switched to streaming. And I think that Netflix has done a great job of changing with the time, not digging their heels in it and saying the model that we came up with at the beginning is going to work because it has always worked and that's just the way that it is. So I think that the Victoria's Secret can have the opportunity here to change. I think that American Eagle did it with Aerie. I think you're right. I didn't even put that together. I think that American Eagle for a long time was not size inclusive Mm -hmm. and then they decided to be more size inclusive Mm -hmm. and they did the work behind marketing it and in an intelligent way marketed it um and i think that the the people who are loudest who are going to be mad about this the loudest they they don't shop at victoria's secret i'll tell you that right now they get they do not i could name a couple places but then those places would get mad at me (laughs) (laughs) i i think in it is the same way with like this argument over name image likeness the loudest like it doesn't people, matter it you. has nothing to do with you right. and it, if it has nothing to do with you why just do you care keep your damn mouth shut yeah like just shut up right if this has nothing to do with if you do not wear women's underwear <laughs> or purchase i mean yeah, right. um, or purchase women's underwear for someone else 
If you have never before shopped at Victoria's Secret, I think that if somebody wants to complain about it, they have to show their receipts. Their Victoria's show Secret. Show your receipts. Show us your Victoria's Secret receipts. Pull it up. I'm sure your bank has the ability to pull up the last time that you purchased something at Victoria's Secret, and then we can chit-chat about how you're mad about how this is changing. Um, But also, this is a major corporation, and there have been other major corporations that have done things that have angered... I'll say the conservatives, Mm -hmm. the the extreme conservatives. Mm -hmm. Um, Target did it. And there were a lot of people saying, I'll never shop at Target again. Target's doing okay. Saw your ass at Target last week, (laughs) babe. (laughs) Babe. Um, But also, I know you don't like when I talk about it, but NASCAR with a Confederate flag did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. NASCAR's doing okay. But here's the thing is that if a major corporation chooses to do something, if a major money-making organization takes some time to decide that they're going to choose something that is against what you think that they should do, I will, I'm going to tell you that what you think that they should do is in the minority. Yeah. Because because they're not going to risk their profit. Right. Right. They are, they're yeah. going to go in the direction that they think will make them the most money. Right. Victoria's Secret is moving in the direction that they think will earn them the most money. They are not doing this for goodwill. They're pretending they are. They're pretending. That's sure. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Corporations will do that. Corporations will throw out things and make you think that they're doing this for moral values, for the goodwill, for the... Not to suggest that there's none of that. I'm hopeful that there is, but it's for the profit. Right. They first make sure that they will profit off of this decision. And I think that Victoria's Secret has done an immense amount of research to decide that they either change or they they adapt or die. They were losing market shares to these brands that were more forward thinking, I would say. So they realized there was a problem and they adapted. And oh, did they adapt. (laughs) Yeah, they went from one extreme, you know, to, I wouldn't, I don't know, maybe not an extreme, but it's definitely a pivot. But also like, also an athletic pivot as well. Yes, right. Because I I would not say that they're, um, uh, I guess that they probably had like that, I don't know what their line is. They had a body line. Yeah. Yeah. It's more athletic. um, But I... I can remember when they started carrying sports bras mm-hmm. and it was not that long. Ago. I still have the first ideation of their Victoria's Secret. The OG. Sport. Oh yeah. I have one and it's fine. I still wear it, but it's like, I can remember in, in the recent past yeah. that they came up with sports bras and now one of their major, um, figureheads is a, an athlete. I love it. And I think it's going to be really interesting because I don't think Megan Rapinoe would sign on to something like this unless, she, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think she puts her name on yes. something at this point unless she really strongly yes. believes that it's the right move. So Right. So as surprised as people are that she's signed, that Victoria's Secret asked her, I think the other side is as surprised that she chose. Which makes me really excited to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also there's money. Yeah. For everybody. Megan Rapinoe's looking at the money Absolutely. too. So. Absolutely. And she's probably going to get some of mine. So I love it. <laughs> we'll see. Do you have anything else? I don't know. Let me check my knits. <laughs> I did make notes today. No, I don't think I have anything else. Okay. Well, we'll investigate the three on three Olympic yeah. situation. We'll get back to you. 
Okay, go Cyclones. Go State.